Welcome back to the Guys Nation Pop Culture Podcast, the Game of Thrones edition, the inaugural, the first annual, the first ever, first weekly Game of Thrones Guys Nation Pop Culture Podcast. I'm joined by Lord Rob. Not to be confused with Rob Stark, and I'm here with John, not to be confused with Jon Snow. You seem to have your head, so I'm guessing you're not Rob Stark. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, uh, Jon Snow, however, um, has yet to meet the same fate. But uh, as it seems, all men must die, right? You know, that's that's what they say. But uh, I think something that uh, we're going to make pretty clear to our listeners is that uh, neither one of us has read the Game of Thrones books. So, at this point, I don't know if Jon Snow is going to die. Um, I, You know, as I've watched the series, he's kind of a character that I kind of latch on to. And I, I'd like to see him run the gamut. I'd like to see him make it through the game, as it, yeah. as it were. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I've, I have not read any of it. And I have been told by a good friend who has read that we're coming up to the point where some of this stuff hasn't actually been written yet. So, you know, the author told the, the show writers, you know, where the story's going. And so they're adding in some stuff that, that hasn't actually appeared in a book yet. I think that's an interesting way to go because I know um, things like that have occurred in other shows. Um, I think The Walking Dead is approaching that sort of thing. Um, and I like the concept because... I think there's some characters who probably take more life and you know have more fans get a better reaction through the show than maybe uh, the author might might realize, and perhaps that'll help him keep them around for the next couple of chapters before he cuts their head off. <clears throat> yeah, it's certainly got to be interesting for him. I mean, I guess he supposedly has it all mapped out, but still, I mean, how many authors haven't finished a story and then have it on the screen, you know, to, to a point where you can get a different perspective and other kind of feedback from people. Uh, it's got to affect what he, what he thinks about where he wants to go with it, I would think. Yeah, I mean, you would have to think, even if he does have a, a strong plan in mind, that he at least enjoys hearing it and might take slightly different paths with the characters, I guess. Uh, yeah, your point's well taken. There's <clears throat> few and far between that an author would be in that situation. I know uh, J.K. Rowling probably got in that situation with the Harry Potter movies before the uh, Harry Potter books were finished. Yeah. It's kind of funny that they can have these gigantic productions, you know, millions of dollars, and they can do it quicker than someone can just write a book. But I yeah. guess I guess the artist's work is, is never quick. Right. Yeah, I, I can't imagine... Uh, I can't imagine it's... it's um, Anything that he can just kind of polish them off, he's going to go back and forth and, and whatever. But, yeah, um, I'm often amazed at how quickly things can get turned around in terms of um, filming television series and movies and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, they can make a new Spider-Man every year. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a whole new yeah. cast. Um, so, yeah, another another thing we should bring up probably is the fact that or our watch history, basically. I didn't really start watching until 
last summer, and I, I powered through the first three seasons, and then you know obviously joined in live for season four. You, on the other hand, uh, this time last month hadn't seen a drop of Game of Thrones, right? That is correct, and uh, you know we do um, we do a couple different podcasts here. Um, we uh, I won't go into all that, but uh, but yeah, this is something that you were interested in doing, and um, you had, you were really interested in the series, and you were kind of saying, you know, hey, look, Rob, you've got HBO Go, why not check out the show? I think you're going to like it. And I was kind of skeptical, but uh, yeah, I, I tuned in got through the first four or five episodes and uh, it was something I started looking forward to watching and then season three took me about a day and a half to get through. Uh, well, that's not entirely accurate because it was season three and the first two episodes of season four. So, yeah. a day and that's, a half. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Uh, but I think we all felt that way about the show by that point where you just, there's no way you're not going to watch the next episode. Yeah, those so. those were a locomotive of of uh, interesting episodes. Uh, great stuff. Red Wedding you know, and uh, yeah, and I was just thinking about how really within four episodes you went you you lost a bunch of major characters. Um, you know the Starks obviously, and then Joffrey in the second episode of this season. I mean that was all within what three four episodes four episodes I guess. Um. Yeah. That really changes the face of everything. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I kind of feel bad for people who have been watching it since the beginning, or at least were tuning in weekly. You know, there by mid-season, season three. Because I can't imagine uh, the crazy ride it would have been to have to sit back and wait each week for the next new episode. Um, because I mean. I hit the red wedding and the purple wedding all within uh, within four hours of each other. Between meals. Yeah. <clears throat> absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right, so we're into season four. Um, the latest episode. What was it called? Oof, I'm not. I'm not good with names. I know of the episodes. previous one was Oathkeeper. Uh, so anyway, this one I thought. You know, as far as there's been five episodes this season, this one I thought was kind of the, the slowest, maybe. You know, nothing really developed. Uh, it was more of a kind of connector to maybe something bigger next week. Is that the impression you got? or? Well, I felt like there wasn't necessarily a lot of um, main things that happened in the episode <laughs> known as First of His Name. Yeah. Um, but... They did progress a couple of things that I thought were really interesting, and and while there maybe weren't, you know, a lot of big things that happened, um, there were certainly a lot of progressions in about four or five different storylines that I thought were really key, and I'm really expecting you're going to play a big part as we move forward towards season five. So what um, what jumps out at you? I mean, what was kind of the biggest moment of the episode for you? Um, start. Let's start with the the hottest item. The hottest item for me, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to probably disagree, but I'll I'll go there anyway. Um, would have to be uh, Daenerys Targaryen saying she's not going to try to invade, and she's turning her um, interests, at least for the time being, 
on trying to deal with the cities that she's already liberated. I, I thought that was pretty telling of the character, and it certainly derails something that I thought was going to happen. I thought by the end of the season we might have some sort of invasion. Yeah, me too. Um, I definitely figured that's, you know, each season seems to have kind of like a focus on one of the families or something, and it, it ends in a showdown. Uh, so, yeah, I expected that we would see her sailing with ships at the end of the season. I guess that could still happen, but, you know, at the moment it, it sounds like, yeah, she's definitely changing her focus. And, you know, maybe when you think about it, that makes a little more sense. If she gets to Westeros within season four of a show that's supposed to go at least seven, um, that kind of takes away a huge storyline, you know, and then, then what do you do with the rest of the three seasons? I mean, I know there's... You know, somebody who's probably read the books is laughing at us right now There's that there's probably much more to come. But at the moment, it feels like she is probably going to play a part in the end game of the entire show. And if yeah. she gets to Westeros in season four, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think she mentioned once before that even though her dragons are getting bigger, that they're not fully formed yet, and they wouldn't be kind of ripe to be part of the invasion or part of any kind of offensive. Um, you know, clearly uh, the three dragons, uh, Drogon, Viserion, and Rhaegal. Um, as I'm reading off, names. Yeah, off my cheat sheet here. Do they have uh, an IMDB page? Each one? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, but uh, they're certainly on my Game of Thrones family tree. Yeah. Uh, you know, They've they've certainly had born, a huge impact. Born in a fire pit, you know. That I'm yeah. pitch. Very good. Right, 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 um, right, right. How how old are they? Like six months or whatever. Yeah. Six months. yeah. Um, I don't know who they would list as the parents, but I'd like to read the trivia page. Right. Um, would they would they be considered stormborns? Um, I don't. No, I don't know what that term refers to, but I've heard it a million times. Well, that's Daenerys's uh, other other uh, last name. I don't. I don't oh, get that. The whole the whole uh, you know Daenerys Stormborn of Castle Targaryen or whatever House Targaryen. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, let's not uh, let's not show our ignorance too quickly. Yeah, right, right. Uh, well, that's okay. It gives some it gives some people something to laugh at, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Which, by the way, is the point of this show, to be two complete novices giving their reactions after the episode. We're not trying to break any new ground with by you know, doing any literary analysis on this. Yeah, no, I, I didn't do literary analysis when I actually took classes where I was supposed to do that. So, um, yeah. sorry, Miss Whiteley, but it uh, didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, no, we're just here to, uh, to give our thoughts on the episodes. And uh, yeah. you know, I do a little bit of research as I'm going through the episode, but... Uh, because I don't want to sound like a total idiot, because uh, I'm certainly not as good at picking up things as I watch, as as John is, and uh, people who read the books. But so wait, back, so back to the dragon thing. I was actually gonna say something off of what you were saying. Yeah. Um, you know, there was that scene early in the season where she was on the rock, and like the dragons were hanging out. Yes. And it kind of like. Uh, Kind of like sniped at her. Yeah, she threw she threw some uh, some meat or something, and and uh, it snapped at her because she was trying to tell it to uh, play nicely. 
So, you know, maybe that's like a little foreshadowing of her not being able to control them. And then, you know, and now we're seeing that she can't control her realm, so to speak. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe this is kind of the chink in the armor after she had so many victories and so many, so much success so quickly. Yeah, it absolutely shows that she's a little naive, uh, that she doesn't really realize. You know, she's got a good plan in place. She's got a good heart. She knows, you know, what, right from wrong in terms of her um, ethics. Uh, and I think she's a character people can get behind. But I like the fact that, you know, in those two spots, what you just mentioned on the cliff and, and here where she's talking to Jorah Mormont. Um, that What's she's his name? <laughs> Jorah Mormont. I didn't realize that was a tongue twister. Yeah, I. Well, sometimes I rattle things off, and uh, my own name could be a tongue twister. Yeah. So, all right, go ahead. Well, e- either way, I, I think I think you know those two scenes specifically are showing kind of how uh, naive she can be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, I think I, I mostly agree with you that that was probably the, the highlight, or kind of the biggest. Uh, event of the episode. Um, now let's kind of run through as it happened. Um, thought it was interesting, you know, that Marjorie, it, it, the whole interaction there at the beginning, you know, with the crowning the new king, and uh, you know, Marjorie's like already macking on the new one. Yeah. And you know, Cersei like basically admits that, like, well. Everything would have sucked with Jeffrey anyway. Yeah. So it's like the entire world is just like, oh, thank God that guy's dead. Yeah. Like nobody's shedding a tear. Yeah, I was a little surprised that uh, Cersei called him a nightmare. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, definitely would have sucked with him. He's a nightmare. Uh, you, you feeling like you want uh, my other boy? You want Toman? <clears throat> yeah, which I thought was interesting. I mean... How does Cersei not suspect that Marjorie had something to do with it, and then just like immediately wants to have her hook up, you know, with her other kid? I mean, I, I guess there's there's always the money aspect that they they really need the Tyrell's money, but you would think with her being so upset about him, you know, like wanting justice. I guess maybe she's just using it as an excuse to to uh, accuse Tyrion, but but you would still think that she might have an issue with Marjorie, but she appears to have none. Yeah, I, I think she's just so blinded by the fact that she wants Tyrion to be the one that that did it, that she's just kind of ignoring the other possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And so then right after that, we we learn that uh, the Lannisters' gold is dry, I guess, their mines. Yep. Zero so, pounds, uh, zero ounces, zero tons of gold. So they got some issues, which is why they're ultimately stuck you know, trying to keep connecting with the Tyrells, I suppose. Yep, and uh, there was also a, an interesting scene, I guess the only other scene that Cersei was in, where she's talking to Oberyn, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of making nice with him a little bit. I, I, it seems like there was some friction between the two of them before. Now she's saying, like, oh, I hope you're taking good care of my daughter, and will you take her a ship that I had made? And it was like, all right, that's kind of weird. Yeah, she's she's getting a little uh, emotional, I guess. Yeah. Menopausal, maybe. Yeah, I guess one of her boys is dead. One of her boys uh, becomes king. She's got to look out for a daughter. It's like, oh, yeah, I got a daughter, too. 
She's like, and yeah, and I think everybody, myself included at least, was like, oh yeah, there was another one. Yeah, I didn't even remember what she looked like, and I, I still don't remember having seen her, but I'm sure she was around somewhere. Yeah, she definitely was early on. I don't remember when they sent her away, but they definitely did. Uh, Tyrion sent her away. Yeah. She won't shut up about that. <laughs> Tyrion, you sent her away. Right. She get raped here. Speaking of Tyrion, we we didn't see him at all in this episode. I don't believe. Yeah, a little disappointing. Um, he's certainly one of the best characters in the series. Uh, he and uh, Bronn. Yeah, there's no Jamie Lannister either, was there? No, I don't think so. That whole, yeah, all three of them, they were they were not to be seen. Although we did see Podrick, go figure. Yes, we did. Good old Pod. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's some, uh, I guess they're developing another buddy comedy with those two, right? <laughs> what, um, Podrick and uh, Brienne? Yeah. Now, here's a thought. Uh, Podrick, probably his... Uh, most notable feat, other than killing somebody during the Battle of Blackwater or whatever it was, um, uh, Dark Waters. Um, you know, he uh, he had the the thing with uh, the horse, right, where they wouldn't accept his money. Uh, what, are, what are the odds? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. What are the, what are the odds that uh, Lady Brienne figures out uh, why they wouldn't accept his money? Oh my. <laughs> The stud, the stud in disguise. I mean, you know, we, she, uh, details, she copious details. Right. So uh, maybe she's going to get some of those uh, details because you know, Podrick, he's uh, he's not, he doesn't seem like a ladies' man. But uh, what does it take, like five minutes, for him to uh, go from from Brienne saying, "No, you can't help me with my armor," to, "Yeah, okay, you can help me with it." Now, do you want to see that scene? unfold on TV, or do you want to just have it hinted at? Oh, I want it hinted at, and then I want some of the aftermath. I don't want any part of the goings-on. <laughs> right on. Not not unless the guy who plays Podrick is some kind of crazy uh, Cirque du Soleil star, and, and they do something crazy with, uh, with uh, ropes and, and acrobatics. Oof. I'd still kind of watch through my fingers. I don't. I don't know that I want it. So your your notes that you took uh, read like a porno. <laughs> they bond over Podrick having killed a man during battle. She lets him de-armor her. <laughs> yeah. She's right on, buddy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's slap uh, a Razor's logo on that. There we go. All right. So. They're on the move. A lot of different people moving around. Um, the other kind of probably the they spent a lot of time on this at least was uh, Baelish taking Sansa to the uh, ear, eerie or something, whatever they call it. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we get to see Lysa again and yes. her. Uh, <laughs> Her still breastfeeding uh, eight-year-old. Oh, Robin. Yeah. Who uh, yeah. who asked Sansa? <laughs> oh, I heard your dad and brother got their heads cut off, and your mother was stabbed or whatever she was. Yeah, that that kid uh, doesn't really have any kind of social skills. Um, doesn't appear to. Yeah, I I, I guess that that kind of goes along with still breastfeeding at at eight years old though. Right. Yeah. 
and the fact that his mother is a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course, he takes that that gift that he just got and throws it down that the moon hole or whatever they called it. Yeah. Oh, look, it flies. Let me let it go and watch it never come back. Right. Um. So I guess Sansa's stuck there. That seems to be like even worse than where she was before. Yeah, and uh, it looks like Lady Aaron is is looking to uh, marry Sansa off to Robin. Yeah. So what do you? I mean, what do you make of Baelish's motivations here? I can't, I don't think I've quite figured out what's going on. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, is that are we just dense, or is is this just him? You know, manipulating chess pieces, and we just still haven't seen what his what his end game is. That's that's the impression that I'm going to go with because uh, it just feels better than than admitting that I'm dense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you if he truly marries her, which it sounds like he did, yeah, uh, then he gets you know to have a piece of the the estate, you know, their lands. I, I don't know. I mean. Does well, that somehow help his case to to get what he wants, which is quote unquote everything? You know, I would say I would say it kind of has to be because, you know, as Sansa and and Lord Baelish were approaching the castle, you know, he kind of laid it out there at, at you know how um, secure it is and the bloody gate and you know how essentially. Anyone who wants to try and take the castle from them would have to travel down, you know, in three lines, making it easy pickings, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, which means he just invaded the castle another way. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they willingly let him in, and uh, all he had to do was have sex with a psychopath yep. to get it. Yeah, I... You know, there's a there's a motto about that that he appears to be throwing out the window. What's that? Not sticking your you know what in in crazy, but right, right, right. But you know, <laughs> there's, there's also supposed to be that scale where it's the hotness versus craziness scale, and mm. it's supposed to be that as you get crazier, you're you tend to get hotter. But that doesn't really match up with uh, Lysa Aaron. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a little odd. Um, hopefully we don't have to see too much more of her. I, w- yeah, I would yeah. say that. Right. And and thankfully we, you know, Robin wasn't attached to her when when they showed up this time. Right. He wasn't. Uh... You know, and it was funny. Like, do you think they just sit there on the throne all day and just wait for someone to come in? I don't know. That, that kinda... empty room. Well, they, you know, it's it's a nice room. I mean, how many rooms do you know got a, uh, a hole in the middle of it where you could see a thousand foot drop? Yeah. All right. So, Sansa's <laughs> there, uh, and I believe, uh, if I recall correctly, Arya and the Hound are headed that way. You know, I have trouble figuring out where people are trying to go. Uh, <laughs> I, I tore through the the series so quickly that I'm still having trouble figuring out the names of places. Yeah. Um, that would be an interesting place for them to go. Now, I'm quite sure he, the Hound at some point mentioned that he was taking her to her only remaining kin, her aunt. 
That sounds right. Yeah. But he doesn't know that Sansa's going to be there. Right. So that could open up a can of worms. Yeah. Plus, uh, are they even going to let him in, you know? Yeah, and I'm not sure because certainly Lysa Aaron has problems with uh, the kin of Caitlin Stark. Yeah. So she, she doesn't have another son for uh, for Arya to marry. Mm-hmm. So you never know. But it sounds like Arya's got quite a few people on her list that she wants to kill. So they probably have some other things that they can keep themselves busy with if they're not allowed through the bloody gate. Yeah. So how did you like the uh, interactions with her and the Hound? I thought that was some some good stuff this episode. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I really like the fact that she uh, she helps herself get to sleep by naming off all the people she wants to kill. Yeah. And, that, and that the last name on the list was the Hound, which I don't, I don't know how serious she was about that, but um, you know, yeah, I guess that's that, one of those jokes that they're they're doing on each other constantly. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I kind of like how you know she woke up early and was practicing with her sword and her footwork, and the hound kind of he mocks her a little bit. He kind of says, you know, what you're doing is foolish. You know, who the hell taught you to do that? And you know, as she sticks up for Serio Serio Pharrell. The Hound kind of says, look, that dude was killed by uh, Mirren Trant, and that that dude <laughs> you know, kind of makes him a joke and, and kind of says, look, he, he beat him because he had a big sword and numbers, and you're sitting here practicing. Well, in armor, yeah. Yeah, your, your footwork, and you have a the needle. Yeah. Yeah, you're carrying around a, a knitting pin. So I, I like the fact that, that he's kind of taking over like a big brother role. Yeah. Yeah, you, you wonder, though, I mean, is she going to start not trusting him, you know, since he straight up smacked her? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think, you know, she's got how many older brothers? Um, I, don't, I don't know whether Bran is older than she is or not, but, you know, at least at least three yeah. older brothers. Right. Um, she's probably used to getting smacked when she... Starts getting mouthy. Um, I guess she's not a, a modern American woman, right? Probably, probably a little hardier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think she'll probably take her lesson and kind of say, okay, well, I should probably listen to this guy, and he's going to help me kill these people I want to kill. So it's all good. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned Bron, um, or Bran, actually. Because he's Brandon, Braun is uh, teaching Jamie how to sword fight, which we didn't see this week. Right. Uh, but Brandon, uh, at the end of the last episode, got captured by the mutineers at Craster's Keep. Yes. Um, now yeah, I think we had a little trouble putting the dots together on this. There's just so many things going on, and when you don't read the books, it's it's a little harder to absorb all this stuff. Right. Um. So bear with us, people. But um, <laughs> we've only watched it once at this point. But so Craster was the guy that was banging all those girls, where Sam took Gilly from, and she had a, the baby. Yes. So that's the same place that we had been in before with Sam. 
Uh, and I guess I guess the Night's Watch were there. Yeah, they were all there for for a bit, weren't they? Yeah. And then, so now the mutineers have gone back to there for shelter. Um, and uh, I guess they had killed Craster, so there's not going to be any more little babies. Yeah, no one else to give to the White Walkers, the others, as they say in the book. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's interesting. Uh, I guess that would probably bring the White Walkers out of their hiding place uh, if they start to not have any little babies sent their way. Yep. Be like, hey, 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 what's going on here? We usually get yeah. a baby out in the snow. Now, do I know it was in the previous episode. Do we want to touch on the uh, the controversy with with uh, the the baby and and the guy that they showed at the end of the last episode? Or are we going to leave that rest? Uh, I mean, we could touch on it. I, it's not a much of a controversy from from our perspective, but yeah, yeah, certainly it sounds as if book readers are a little salty that. Uh, something was shown that hadn't been in the books yet. Right. Because there was a lot of... I guess I guess they've all been waiting to find out this, this big reveal of what's going on with the White Walkers. Yep, and then... So, there, were, there was not even any knowledge of the fact that they would have a palace, I, I guess it was hinted at, or a king. The, like, things like that have been hinted, but never confirmed. Right. Yeah, and, and so I guess all we really got to see, I mean, it was a really short scene last week. You know, they show a glimpse of some kind of palace, and then they show a guy that appears to have a crown on his head, and people just go crazy. Like, yep. oh, my God. And then there's some kind of um, episode description written up on HBO or something. And Oh, really? Let, yeah, they let it leak. You know, they called him... Uh, the White Walker King or something like that. <laughs> it's like... Uh, so yeah. there was like a lot of nerd rage going on on the internet? A little bit. A little more than I... Yeah, I was like... I didn't need to read that to think that he was probably their king. Yeah. And what does it matter if he is their king? Yeah, well, the... Uh, spiky head. Yeah, the version of this story that's making the money right now is the TV show, so... I guess they're going to get a little more priority on some things. Perhaps. That's just me. Right and, or wrong. You know, I'm guessing it's one of those things that, like, it's a piece of information that a lot of people um, guessed was the case anyway. <clears throat> and it's like, okay, now that that's out of the way, it opens up the floodgates for a lot of different stuff to happen. Like, who is that guy? Was, you know, did he ever live? Was he ever one of the babies? Was he turned by somebody else, you know, how did he rise to power? All those yeah. things could be really interesting. So. Oh, definitely. And then what are they going to do if they if they leave that area? Right. Or can they leave that area? I don't know. Um, Who knows? I mean, I guess in the past they supposedly had. I think that was part of the, the lore of them. But So, we're at Craster's Keep. Um, we're not quite sure how they're going to get out. Um but the Night's Watchmen decide that they're going to go get their revenge on the mutineers. Yes. Uh, which they do. They show up. They take some names. Now, Locke uh, had had uh, kind of scouted it out for them, found out where Bran was, and uh, was like, yeah, don't go into that, uh, that one outhouse there because there's some dogs, and uh, yeah, we just <laughs> want to avoid that. Yeah. So... Kind of nefarious. 
it was interesting to see what he had in mind because um, I had kind of forgotten his whole place in things about how he's kind of in with the Boltons um, and uh, you know what plans he had and his purpose for being there. Um, yeah, that had, that had slipped past me too, but I suppose he had been sent by them to find Bran. So, yep, looks like because, he did. Yeah, because uh, good old Theon Greyjoy pretended like he burned. Uh, Bran, back when he had, uh, uh, was it Winterfell? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, he pretended, and then, sure enough, when Theon is uh, shaving Ramsay, he admits yeah. that nope, just farm kids. When he should have killed Ramsay and saved us all the aggravation of watching any more of that character. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if anyone listening to this podcast, either now or at any time in the future, hoped that uh, Theon would let Ramsay live. Yeah. I doubt anybody's a fan of Ramsay at this point. So, uh, so as we mentioned, Locke is there. Uh, he finds Bran. And uh, Bran says, screw this. Takes control of Hodor. And Hodor. Uh, breaks his neck. Hodor. 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 Hodor, Hodor. Yeah, right. I, thought that, so, I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, which I guess the uh, Night's Watch is probably going to start figuring something out about that because they looked at his neck at the end of it and they're like, uh, who could do that? Yeah, only a few people that they could think of that might be might be capable of something like that. Yeah. But so that was you know, a very interesting decision that he had because um, Bran really wanted to reconnect with Jon Snow. But uh, he's not going to be able to complete his mission. Yep, kind of came down to uh, Three-Eyed Raven or Castle Black. Yeah. Grant says, Hodor, we're going for that raven. He picked Ray Lewis. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in tight with Brian Billick. <laughs> All right, so. Ozzie Newsom. Ray Rice, hey Let's not lose any more viewers by uh, by continuing to talk football. Right. Okay, so then we have a a battle with Carl with his with his two kitchen knives. Yes, um, he's pretty badass with those knives, though. I mean, I was like, hey, that's that's not going to do well against that it sword. Makes but the uh, if you got two knives, I mean, just throw one at him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess he's the professional fighter, not me. Yeah, I mean. How many people have you fought with knives? Mm, right? Zippy. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I tend to think that uh, I probably would have tried to throw one. Yeah. And I probably would have thrown another one and run like hell. So he pretty much gets the best of Jon Snow. Yeah. Uh, until the chick is like, all right, enough of this, and stabs him in the back. Yep. And then we get a nice sword through the back of the head. Yeah, I called the it the, uh, the second tongue. Gave him the second tongue. Oh, nice. Stuck it through the back of his head. Yeah, it was much longer than his original tongue. Yeah. Uh, so that was a nice, that was a nice death. A couple, couple jerks died in the same, like, five minutes. Yeah, I was pretty psyched about that, because I didn't like that dude, and uh, definitely didn't like Locke. Was it Locke? That, Locke took uh, the hand of the Kingslayer, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was kind of crappy. It's like So he got his come up and Yeah, he did. 
did you kind of wish that uh, Jamie Lannister could have played a part in uh, killing him, or not matter to you? Um, yeah, I never really suspected he would come back to him, because I'm guessing Jamie's like not going to be out in the field like that too often anymore. I mean, and he's tri- now he's kind of scared. Yeah, he he definitely scared when you give away your uh, Valerian steel. Yeah. You're uh, you're pretty much saying, no, I'm, d- I'm done with all that. I'm just going to have sex with my sister for a while. Yeah. Live out my days with uh, with my... Uh, are they twins? They're not twins, are they? Who? Uh, Cersei and, and Jamie. It's a good question. I don't f- think so. I'll find but, uh, out. Yeah, so that is interesting that you bring up Jamie because I, I do wonder where what his part is at this point. They've... They've essentially neutered him. I mean, they've said he's useless. They've cut his hand off. Cersei doesn't want to bang him anymore. Right. He's not part of the King's Guard or where he is, but he's useless. I don't know what it, whatever happened with that. Um, you know, now he's trying to sword fight. So, I mean, but what is his endgame? I mean, I don't really... He just kind of has no direction right now. And he seems like too too important of a character to have no direction. Yeah, kind of a dagger. Uh you know he he gets he gets back after fighting a after fighting a bear, after losing his hand. You know, and, and all of a sudden his son's dead, and his uh, his twin sister, according to this website, his twin sister will no uh, longer have sex with him anymore. Yeah, what a bummer! I hate yeah. when that happens. Yeah. All yeah. right, so I think we covered everything in that episode. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on just from that episode before we start talking about? What's up? What's coming next? Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I think that was pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was. We could go over the Brienne and Podrick uh, uh, Playboy, you know, submission that you wrote there. No, no, we don't need to go through the letters. To, Read your uh, diary. The the letters to Penthouse. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Letters to Penthouse. Yeah. Now we don't. We don't Maybe you're more familiar with that than I am. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. All right. So the, the next episode, we see uh, that Daenerys is sitting on the throne somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's clearly not King's Landing. Right. Uh, but the folk in King's Landing have learned of it. Yes, uh, they have, and they seem a little scared. Yeah. So we'll have a little movement there. And uh, I guess we're going to have the trial of Tyrion. Yeah, that, that looked kind of interesting. Yelling yeah. at him like, you want to confess anything? Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, Tywin surprisingly sounded like this week that, you know, he doesn't want to convict Tyrion. Right. I kind of thought he would because it's always basically explicit that he hates Tyrion. Yeah. But, so maybe he'll get out of it. I mean, he kind of has to. He's too important of a character, right? Yeah, I, I would think that, uh, you know, whether it's the the book or the television series, I have to imagine that, uh, that our fair author realizes just what kind of a great character he has with Tyrion Lannister, and he's going to keep him alive longer. Yep. Yeah. So and then I, uh, we saw a little bit about about Theon. Yes. 
Yeah, they're definitely doing something with Theon Greyjoy, or what's his name, Reek? Reek, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ramsay. Who was Ramsay confronting? I don't know. I didn't quite catch that. Yeah. I don't know, maybe... Pretty good preparation. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's something about hitting the market first, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we have that to look forward to. Uh, I guess we will continue doing these uh, directly after the shows, as as soon as we can, at least. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we'll have an episode that kind of leaves us with our jaw drop, jaws dropped at some point. Yeah, definitely um, wasn't this week. Yeah, if we had done it maybe right after Joffrey got killed, that would have been pretty fun. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready for all that. Yeah. But we'll get it going, and uh, we've got five episodes left in the season, so certainly in four weeks, I'm, I'm sure there will be something big. Is there anything you're looking forward to seeing in the next uh, four weeks? Um, I mean, my world is definitely flipped upside down with this, with Daenerys not gearing up for an invasion. Yeah. Um, oh, and we neglected to mention uh, Stannis is probably going to show up next week. Yes. Um. I am looking forward to him doing whatever he's going to do to try to reclaim his actual rightful claim to the throne. He is truly a Baratheon, and, uh, you know, he should be next in line. Yeah, if if, if you continue to say that the Baratheons uh, deserve the throne, if you're not going back to the Targaryen thing... Right. Then, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he has... He has um, is a you know the last name thing, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's the the showdown that we get at the end of the season, rather than being Daenerys. Maybe maybe Stannis has his final showdown. Perhaps. But I'm I'm just hoping that uh, in the next four episodes we get a much healthier dose of uh, egret than we've uh, gotten in the past two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's gonna be few and far between. You know, she's the red-headed wildling. I think she captured the hearts of many. Ah, yes. The imaginations of many. And uh, I think she deserves a, uh, a bigger role in this show. We'll see, but once a wildling, always a wildling. You can uh, take the wildling out of the wild, but you can't take the wild out of the wildling. You think perhaps. she's gonna? You think she's gonna? Uh, get all gussied up and head to King's Landing. I would like to see her in one of those silk robes. <laughs> Isn't that what they were talking about? How uh, if he saw her in a silk robe, he would tear her right off of her? That Jon Snow would do that? Right. Yeah, she said, if you tore my silk robe, I'd put an arrow in you. <laughs> She's already put one three arrows in him, right? Yeah, one of them kept her word. Yep. Alright, well I think that wraps it up for this week. Unless you got anything else. That's all I got, other than to say that uh, in the coming weeks we may have some original music content. Oh, yeah, that, that should be interesting. Yeah. That's a nice teaser for next week. Be sure to tune in for the original music content. Yep. It could, it could be a train wreck. <laughs> a wonderful train wreck. A wonderful yep. train wreck. All right, man. Catch you next time. Have a good one. <laughs>